1: Welcome, citizens, to the fourth episode of Liberty Vigilance. The following was originally recorded as an actual play role-playing game for the Liberty Efter system. If you'd like to create your own adventures set in the Liberty universe, Liberty Efter is available now for download on LibertyEndures.com and also drivethrurpg.com. That's drivethrurpg.com. We would also like to take a quick moment to let you know that we at Fool and Scholar Productions have begun production on the next season of The White Vault podcast. Discover the horrors that lurk beneath the ice as an international team is sent to the Arctic to discover the source of a mysterious signal. If you enjoy intellectual horror, then please check out The White Vault and catch up before season two premieres in October. Speaking of entertainment, it's time for us to start this week's episode. Thank you again for listening, and remember, Atreus endures.
2: Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
3: Liberty, Vigilance, episode four, The Room. Shadows begin to stretch at the bustling station by the time the team reaches station nine. After two minutes, the team is able to acquire an elevator to the Sky Rail, taking the train to station 10. We have
1: arrived at station 10
3: on district four. A youth joins the team for part of their elevator ride to basement level three and a brief news segment Mentions that Director Yale of the Department of Research and Development is now seeking new and talented individuals to join apprenticeships in every scientific division. Moments later, the team reaches basement level three, a quiet and empty hallway. A locked door with a mark scanner stands before them. I'd like to scan my mark. The door opens to a guard station and a set of three hallways.
1: Welcome, citizens. Please continue down the main hall. Absolutely. Thank you.
4: Uh, Yes. Horatius continues down the hall. Before the team
3: can reach the far door, a well-dressed man with a confident smile greets them.
5: Thank you for your timely appearance, citizens. I am Agent Tongs with the Department of Special Services. Hi. Please follow me.
6: By any chance, is there a Mrs. Tongs?
5: Are you personally interested?
6: No, I I mean that works here.
5: Not that I'm aware of. Now in a deep
3: basement level, the team's brought into a small but empty briefing room that smells of
5: dust and aged nylon. The Baker-Dobson case has been escalated to my care. I've been informed of your findings and I find them somewhat difficult to believe. Can you show me the evidence? Sure.
3: Absolutely. Do you have a hollow table or somewhere I can project
5: this? Here. A wall on the far
3: side turns on.
4: What's the nature of this? I'll give you your hands
0: or
3: I'll make us painful! Be careful with this one. It'll be very difficult to replace him.
5: I see. Most troubling indeed. This case is clearly treason. The kidnapping of a meal researcher could gravely affect the balance of power within the fringe. This is going to be the recovery of a high-profile citizen and the elimination of the threat to Atreus. He couldn't have operated alone and I am unsure of who his fellow conspirators could be. I can't do this alone. Your group has shown a strong synergistic cohesion and I need agents who I can trust. And I know that I can trust you because you were the ones who brought this information forward. Can I ask you to serve Atreus in a higher calling? May we have a moment to confer amongst our group? Certainly, this is a significant undertaking. Thank you.
6: I do not believe we have much choice in the matter.
5: Yeah, not only that, but
4: I think it's the right thing to do. I agree.
2: If we do this, we are assisting Atreus and we are assisting the Archon, so...
4: This might also be our best opportunity to learn more about Trudent Akena. Who? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, maybe that's something we can talk about later.
6: If you have a desire to
2: be blacked out... He doesn't exist anymore!
0: Agent Tongs, I think I speak for all
4: of us when I say
0: we'd
5: be honored to serve. Most excellent. We will find Hadrian Baker and bring him to justice. What he's done is detestable. Before we discuss your mission in greater detail, I need you to review a short educational broadcast created by the Department of Public Affairs. It does the best possible job of explaining classified information you will be unable to repeat on any social context. I apologize in advance if the content of the video offends anyone and am here to answer any questions you might have.
7: Here. Long ago, mankind was pure and lived among the stars in the night sky. We were a great and powerful species, ever expanding with the very heartbeat of the universe. None can remember how it came to be, but a disease began to slowly infect us. Greed. From greed we were separated from our natural harmony and began to prey upon ourselves. Deceit lust and pride came into being, spread through our number, and warped our species into abomination. Only a select few were able to avoid the infection, those lingering at the far edge of the galaxy, our ancestors. These brave heroes ventured far into the deep unknown to break away from the infectious cell of these diseases, and founded Atreus as the last foundation of hope for our kind. A single perfect colony, hidden in a place where the dark thoughts of the unmen would not try to follow. Who knows what those who call themselves humans have degraded into? They are far from that which they once were and are no longer our brethren. Know that you should speak and inquire no more on this topic, lest you risk attracting their attentions simply by speaking their name, for they are still powerful and they are still searching for us. So who were our ancestors? According to numerous historical reports from the Department of Public Affairs, our ancestors, the first Atrians, were the most intelligent individuals of greater humanity. However, more recent scientific evidence suggests that this was not the full truth. With their great wisdom and generous spirit, our founding mothers and fathers also seem to have brought with them hundreds of lower class abhuman human workers to assist with the maintenance and the constant repairs required to maintain our fully operational utopia. It is extremely likely it was one of these individuals that was infected with greed before they joined the exodus, concealing their condition through deceit. As is fact, that individual spread their infectious discontent through the ranks of our workers until full-scale riots marred the streets of our newly founded colony. The descendants of the infected workers and our infected ancestors are what we refer to today as fringered. While fringers lack true organization, cooperative skills, literacy, and the ability to trust individuals beyond themselves, they are cunning and extremely dangerous. Centuries of resource scarcity have made them unreasonably selfish. They are unable to maintain familial bonds and commonly sell their young into slavery or consume them. Fringers are violent, cannibalistic, unstable, and hate the citizens of Atreus. The only feeling that outweighs this hatred is the fear that they have for the Archon and the unyielding might of her military. If you are seeing this, then you are likely traveling to the Fringe. Please be advised to never let your guard down with dealing with the Fringers, even ones you are actively working with, because they are completely devoid of moral reasoning and unworthy of your trust. Be safe, and find comfort in the fact that Atreus will always be safe, because
5: Archon Reeve endures. Fringers can't be trusted. Any questions? I'm good. Yes, can fringers be trusted? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not in a permanent sense, no. They can only be trusted for the duration your interests remain aligned.
2: So think of them more as tools.
5: Dangerous ones.
2: Sharp tools.
5: Yes. The fringers you identified (laughs) are members of a powerful faction, a gang, called the Sarks. That's what the tattoo on their cheek symbolizes. This is all extremely fortuitous for us because we possess an agent hidden within their organization your mission will be to meet with our agent and try to determine the identity and whereabouts of the individual sarks who we can clearly see in this video are working with the trader hadrian baker you will report this information to me and i will personally assist in disposing of them any questions
6: would i be correct in assuming that we will be traveling to the fringe
5: yes you'll be working in the fringe I will outfit you with the proper gear that you require and you will be on your own. Uh,
4: will I be able to tell my family where I'm going? They might worry about me if they don't hear from me.
5: We can say that you are, that you're being temporarily transferred to a different district for a top secret project. No one can know that you're going to the Fringe. Where are we expected to meet our contact? The agent is set to meet you in a scrapper's den on 7th street and 183rd avenue in the Eastern fringe. After you meet with him, you'll rendezvous with me in a research station on 7th Street and 15th Avenue. You should probably take a note of that. I won't repeat it.
6: Where was that scrapper's den?
5: 7th Street and 183rd. He should be waiting for you when you get there. This sounds very dangerous. I've arranged for you to have weapons. Don't worry.
2: Also, I have work tomorrow. (laughs) Your
5: work has also been temporarily suspended. This is far more important than whatever you were working on.
2: I was just making sure.
5: (laughs) Your superiors will be notified so no parties are sent to search for you.
2: (laughs) All right. So, who has the map? I think I have a copy on my datapad.
5: We all do, I believe. All
2: right. We discovered this map of what we believe to be a sewer system while we were with, um, while we were in Agent, not Agent, while we were in Baker's apartment building. And we believe it leads to a section of the sewer system they were using to get in and out of Atrius. This might be a good lead for us to begin following if you could identify where this is. Ping.
5: Most troubling, I will look into this. This could be anywhere because it's hand-drawn, though, though I have ideas on where to begin looking. This would have been nice to know earlier in the briefing. After I send you off to the Fringe, I will need to make a few stops before I depart for the rendezvous. I'll still arrive before you do, but that's more of a note for myself. I'm rambling. Thank you. This is a lot to look through, but it might provide answers. My pleasure, sir.
2: Do, do, do you have any information on the Sark group you said we are going to be moving in on? or I'm still confused with what you want us to do.
5: I want you to meet with an agent, Hobbs. Hobbs. That's the name he's working under. He's posing as a high-ranking Sark, and he should be able to help you identify the Fringers in question. Those are my specific instructions.
2: All right, so all we're doing is collecting information and then meeting up with you at a rendezvous point.
5: Yes. You want to identify the sarks from the video and where they might be found.
2: Strange question. Is there any way that Hobbes could just send us the information? No. No? All right, then.
5: He's supposed to meet with me at this rendezvous, but I'm unable to go now because of the information you've given me. And because of other information.
2: Would that other information be information that would be... Important for us to know before we go out into the Fringe?
5: Actually, it's an entirely unrelated case. But the fact that you're here and that I need to send you into the Fringe to find elements of the Sarkang Gang is a strange convenience. For some. Well, as you're going into the Fringe, I'll prepare you with everything at my disposal. Please, follow me. Tongs leads the group through
3: a few long hallways into a room lined and rowed with lockers.
5: Inside of these lockers, you'll find clothing, and in some cases, armor, that Fringers would wear. They will assist you in blending in with the population. I can also get you working firearms if it's of interest. Yes. Okay.
2: Would you honestly send someone out there without firearms?
5: He looks like he can probably handle himself. I
4: probably can.
5: What sort of firearms do you require? Azad, was it?
2: I am Diana Azad.
5: Yes. Now, what would you like?
2: I guess I'll take a small sidearm. Like a... a, something concealable.
5: (laughs) Something concealable. While the rest of you are just standing there, you'll probably want to change into these Fringer clothes. They'll help you blend in. Great. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Can
2: I just put it on top of my clothes? I don't want it to touch my body.
5: (laughs) If you are recognizable as being Atrian, they're more likely to try and eat you.
2: I will put on a lot of their clothes, but I don't think I'm going to take off my clothes. I
5: am going to wear their clothes
4: if it keeps me from getting eaten. I will do the same.
3: The team acquires
0: Fringer garb. Cool. Those are some impressive tattoos, Cassius. Thanks. Is there a story behind them? Some sort of meaning?
2: Something like that. I'm going to put on, like, a shirt thing and, like, a lot of cloaks and try and hide the fact that I'm wearing my suit underneath
3: Diana Azad, similarly to the others, now smells awful.
2: It smells horrible.
4: I was gonna say that when you've been as far down in the mines as I have, you've probably smelled a lot worse, but actually that's not true. (laughs) This is a new level.
3: Here. Tongs hands Azad a strange fringe gun
5: that resembles a curved knife.
2: That looks more like a raptor claw than a gun.
5: Fringer weapons are made from whatever they can find, generally scrap.
2: So, pointy metal... And, okay, so I know you're saying that this is supposed to look like a fringer weapon, but is this gonna blow up when I try and use it?
5: No, you simply pull the... the back out.
2: Oh, no, yeah, I understand that part.
5: You insert the bullet, it takes one at a time, and you pull the trigger, and the end with the blades is where it fires.
2: What I'm saying is, fringer weapons blow up in the face of the user, and hurt them.
5: These are not exactly fringer weapons, they've been modified for safety for obvious reasons.
2: All right, so these just look crappy.
5: They are very functional versions of Fringer technology with added safety features. Yeah, just
2: tell me it's not going to kill me.
5: It won't kill you.
2: All right, we're fine.
3: Tong's hands is odd. Five bullets.
2: Okay, I'm expecting to encounter a population of horrible, monstrous beings, and you're giving me five bullets?
5: <laughs> I can give you another ten, but this still shoots one at a time. Reluctantly, Tong's hands is odd. Ten more bullets.
2: All right, thank you very
5: much. <laughs> Does anyone else here require a firearm? No, thank you. I don't like guns. Can I have something too? How's this?
6: I don't really care about having something concealed. Do you have something that's more functional? Tongs
3: passes Agent Cassius Sogat a hefty gun adorned with blades. Here,
5: thanks. <laughs> What's this even called? A tall gun for a tall woman. <laughs> And you. I'm gonna be alright, thank you
4: though.
3: (laughs) A few minutes pass as the team gets dressed in silence.
4: Hey, real quick, before I get completely fringered up or whatever, would it be possible for me to call my family and let them know that I won't be reachable for a few days?
5: Sure. Cool.
2: I, I need to do that as well.
5: Follow me. You'll have more privacy in one of the side rooms.
4: Hello,
2: Antia? This is Azad.
5: I'm not available. No, <sighs> Please
2: leave okay. me a- Uh, let's try... Hello? Hi, Dad. Oh, hi,
5: Diana.
4: Were you able to reach Antia? Uh,
2: no, no but I will be unreachable for, for the next few days, and no, I didn't want you to get nervous.
4: No, Are you going on some sort of spy mission? Of
2: sure, let's go with that. I can neither confirm nor deny further inquiry.
3: Wait, that that sounds like you're serious. What's happening? I
2: I can't tell you, but I can tell tell you that I'll be safe and that I will be home in a few days. Dr. Eklund has already been notified. Okay. I love
4: you. I love you too. Okay. Make smart choices. I love you too, Mom.
2: You too. Okay. Revenders.
4: You too. Yeah, bye.
3: Tongs leads them to an underground tunnel he's assured will lead to a remote research station
5: operated by the Department of Research and Development. I need to finish my report. Then I'll meet you at the station. Again, it's on 7th and 15th. It is a short building that will only open for citizens, which you are.
2: Uh, so, Fringers, uh, they don't have marks? We do. I hold up my hand in front of my face.
5: (laughs) Oh, yes, sorry. Um, here, apply this cream to your hand. It'll hide the mark for the duration of your journey.
0: I don't suppose this will bring any of the life back into my eyes. (laughs) It's
5: like mark
2: makeup. All right, then.
5: No. No, this will simply mask the visual appearance of the mark, though it will still register on a chemical level for readers and such.
2: It's concealer.
5: (laughs) Does the team apply the salve? Yes, I apply it.
6: Can you pass that to me once you're done, Sylvanas?
5: Definitely. Just give me a moment. None of us return to Atreus until we've rescued Dobson and captured Hadrian. This will likely be the single greatest moment of your careers. Before you depart again, there is a small resting area you could use. I would strongly advise taking the time to rest so you can be at your best tonight. And one more thing that I meant to give you earlier. This is a box of medical supplies for Agent Hobbs. It will be extremely useful for him. He's been on his own for quite some time.
2: Could we also have some medical supplies? I just want to be prepared because I think that's going to be important.
5: This is all I have on me, and time is of the essence. I can perhaps deliver some medical supplies if you intend to use the rest area. You're already two days behind Hadrian, so you can try to make up for lost time or not.
2: Are we going to be meeting any actual... you know, other agents in the field to assist us? Hobbs. Just Hobbs?
5: Yes, and myself when we reconvene.
2: Diana just looks just deadpan. Like, what has she gotten herself into? (laughs) This morning was aggravating, but okay, and now everything is horribly wrong. (laughs) So she just takes the box and looks at her comrades.
4: So, sorry, the rest area, is that here, or...? Yes,
5: they are just a few thousand feet up the tunnel.
4: We should probably rest up first. I mean, who knows how this is going to go. We're going to want to be sharp.
2: Yeah, and he said if we rested here, he might bring us some medical supplies.
4: Right. Well, in that case, I'd say that's what we should do. I don't think we should give them
2: any more of a lead. So going now doesn't do much good anyways. Making sure that we're at our best and we don't meet our untimely... Demise out in the fringe seems like the better idea than going in right now.
7: Those
4: guns are all well and good, but it's going to be harder to shoot them on lack of sleep.
2: If we must. All right, so let's sleep through the night. Wait, 32 hour days. Let's sleep through part of the night. (laughs) (laughs) And in the late night slash early morning, possible morning area of time, we will begin going.
4: That's a fair point, and I approve of that plan.
2: All right, I'm in mm. rest, it is
5: endure, citizens. Reeve endures.
2: It's good to know that I have a small apartment in D- District Thirteen that has fallen into disrepair.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I generally live on-site at the lab that I work at in District Nine. That's that's info on Diana. Cassius, am I to understand that your parents are deceased? Yeah. They've been missing most of my
6: life.
4: What happened to them? You were just talking to your girlfriend? Nah, my mom. It's uh, Lorea's day with her kid brother. They have a thing once a month where they hang out for the whole day.
0: Great distraction, by the way, but what
6: happened to your parents? <sighs> I've only been able to gather bits and pieces of the truth. While records indicate that Paolo and Sisen and so got her are deceased, I know for a fact that they did not die on the date indicated. They left for the fringe.
4: Well, how do you know that?
6: They visited me one last time before departing, after they were reported as deceased.
4: Perhaps they were ghosts.
6: No, I'm sure that they were very much alive. We didn't have much time to talk, but they told me that they had to leave and that I had to stay. They said that they would try to come back and find me one day, but that was a long time ago.
0: I'm... I'm sorry.
6: No, it's okay. I'll find them one day. I'm sure of it. Who knows? Maybe this trip to the Fringe is how I finally meet them. Part of me knows that they're still out there, alive.
2: And part of me knows that we'll catch up to Hadrian Baker if we go to sleep sooner rather than later. Forgive me for being curt, but we'll have plenty of time to talk on our walk to the fringe.
4: Smart thinking. The faster we sleep, the faster we leave, and the faster we can get back home. Night, guys.
2: Night. 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 Night.
3: While resting, the team receives a supply of four bandages, four canisters of injury sealant, and a case of miscellaneous medical supplies. They are passed to the group's resident medic, Diana Azad. Each member of the team also consumes one meal and gains one tin.
6: This is ridiculous. We shouldn't be doing this, and they should have given us more resources to complete our objective.
2: Yeah, they should have given us meal, too. These guys
6: are really not nice. When we get back, remind me to register a complaint against tongs.
3: After over an hour of walking through the dim underground tunnel, the team reaches a 20-foot expanse which appears to be a pressure chamber. The lights to the chamber flicker to life as they step closer. And on the far side, a sturdy metal door is visible. Saugat believes it should lead to the research station.
6: Brace yourselves. This isn't going to be particularly pleasant. Let's do this.
3: After passing through the chamber's automated process, the great metal door opens, revealing a set of additional doors with extensive soundproof padding. Beyond those doors waits a staircase at the end of a hallway. I
4: head up the staircase.
3: The stairs lead to a single, immaculate door.
0: I'd like to listen to the doorway to see if I can hear anything
8: on the other side. If I win this round, you'll take the dead shift tomorrow.
9: And if I win... You're giving me those pictures of your girlfriend. (laughs) Uh,
0: At least two people on the other side, but they sound friendly. Opening the
4: door in three,
3: two, one. Through the door is a small storage room currently used and furnished as a break room. The lights are fairly dim, the air tastes stale, and two security officers from the Department of Resource Allocation and Defense are playing a card game with traditional
4: nylon cards and dice. Uh, Ah, is it the boring game that we were researching? Uh, What was that called again?
2: Architectural Spectrum.
4: (laughs)
3: Due to the level of excitement, Horatius McBride concludes that they can't possibly be playing Architectural Spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) The female officer salutes the team as the door opens, while the other fumbles momentarily and slowly follows suit.
8: Greetings, citizens. Welcome to the station. We were not expecting you. I'm Officer O'Neill, and this is Officer Tons. Why are you here?
2: Wow, they really should have sent that information ahead of us. Uh.
8: <laughs> we can just talk to you about it. We don't <laughs> mind talking, we just... Uh,
2: we were sent by Agent Tongs. We are here to uh, meet up with Agent Hobbs. Hobbs.
0: And at ease. Please, We're we're volunteers. So, if you don't mind me asking, what is the purpose of this installation?
9: The purpose of this station is classified. Who's in charge here? Dr. Okoye is the lead researcher, but he's asleep, and we're under strict orders to avoid bothering him.
0: I'm going to take a moment to stare at these officers, O'Neill and Tans, with my... Gorgeous steel blue eyes. Ooh,
3: that's a 16. The keen eyes of Investigator Silvanus Klarhout notice that both guards are wearing blue officer's scarves, indicating they have no medical background. They're both armed with standard-issue hammerhead pistols, and both have their second-tier lethality marks. The woman, Officer Tans, has scars on her face, while the male, Officer O'Neill... Smells strongly of chemicals and moist, bad breath.
0: And now I'd like to open up the little hacking tool application on my hood and, uh, poke into their backgrounds. Starting
3: with Tans with a 14. With a roll of 14, Clarehout discovers the following information on Officer Tons. Officer Glossia Tons. Physically female, light brown complexion, dark hair, and an athletic build. She is 28 years old with a bachelor's mark and second-tier lethality on file. Information obtained from her classified records indicates that she is currently applying for a permit and subsequent surgeries to change her physical sex. The name will remain Glossia Tan's. Exceptional marks are noted throughout Tan's education, but it's been mentioned that she, or rather, he, does not function well under high-pressure situations. Hans trained to join the Department of Special Services, but was removed from the training program after getting into a violent altercation with an instructor during a mission. He has since served two months of hospitalization, wow. eight additional months of physical rehabilitation and disciplinary re-education, and was successfully transferred to the RAD. Clairhout glances at the other officer.
0: Absolutely. Do I need to re-roll?
3: Additional information will require a successful investigation check. Officer Blasius O'Neill, male, light complexion, unnatural, bright red hair, dyed, and an athletic build. He is 30 years old, with a bachelor's mark and second-tier lethality. Information obtained from his classified records indicates that he's divorced, with partial custody to his 12-year-old son. Clairehout perhaps knows too much about the citizens standing before (laughs) him. I can't even look him in the eye anymore, really.
8: (laughs)
2: Uh,
8: You've been staring for a while now. Can we escort you to the fringe, then?
2: At this point, Diana is trying as hard as possible to put off actually stepping foot into the fringe. (laughs) I need information on the fringe before we step outside into the unknown. Sure.
8: You're already in the fringe. It's all around us. The only way home is through one of the research tunnels you came from, and it's statistically impossible to discover one. We're on 183rd Avenue and 5th Street. The highway that crosses above us is called the Red Road. If for any reason you get lost, you can follow the Red Road to Atreus and hope the snipers on the outer wall don't mistake you for Fringers, and that the Fringers don't think you're Atrean. Is that Atrian gear under your disguise?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. It comes in handy for a lot of things, including keeping the smell away from me. ...and sanitation reasons. Everything I'm wearing smells disgusting.
4: Well, at least that means we're only two blocks away from the scrapper's den. We should be able to get to our objective easily enough.
9: What is your objective, if you don't mind me asking?
4: Beyond meeting up with your
6: agent, of course. If you don't know, then we're probably not at liberty to say.
8: Can you provide
0: us with any assistance? Perhaps meal?
6: I can give you directions.
4: (laughs) As much as we appreciate the offer of assistance, I think the nature of our assignment precludes us from giving out any information about it. Thank you, citizens, but I think we'd best take it from here.
9: Well, that's fair. You want to hurry, though. Fringers are nocturnal, and they get fairly excitable the later it gets.
2: Wait, shouldn't we just wait here until the sun comes up, then?
9: We've
6: already waited long enough. We need to get moving. Do you have any
0: suggestions on how to walk through the Fringe unnoticed? I realize now that we are woefully underprepared for our first night out.
9: Being such a large group, the best way would be to just claim that you're with the gang. There's so many of you that I don't believe you'll be questioned. Even if you make up a name, none of them will even look at you twice. (laughs)
2: Can I list off words to you? And if you know that's a gang name, we won't choose it. Sure. All right, guys, lift list off names to, to them.
9: Hey, how about the Blood Skulls?
2: <laughs> what?
9: Blood Skulls? I don't know of any gang actually called the Blood Skulls. You can probably use it. Well, then, I guess we're the Blood Skulls gang. Right.
2: <laughs> so there's not one called, like, the Skulls or anything that we could get mixed up with?
9: There is a group called just the Skull Clackers, I think... But Blood Skulls is different enough where you shouldn't have any issues of mistaken identity. All right. (laughs) I don't suppose you want to chat here all night? Thank you for your assistance. Please take us to the safest exit.
4: We're done here, right? Yeah, sure. I don't see why not.
3: Officer Tarns escorts the team through an empty, unoccupied room, down a short hallway that concludes into a foyer which exits to the fringe. The foyer is guarded by two additional R.A.D. officers who are relaxed and monitoring activity outside on small personal data pads. Tons activates the main door to become semi-translucent, and points.
9: Again, that's that road over there is called Fifth Street, and the highway above is the Red Road, and this is 183rd Avenue.
2: Roads, same way as in the city?
9: Yes, you'll find that they are very much the same, just more dangerous. It's not too easy to get lost because most of them are numbered. The named ones can be confusing, but they're somewhat less common. As long as you stay on main roads, you should have no difficulty reaching your destination.
2: Aren't the named roads just the overpasses?
9: The fringe has a number of side streets that are named. It gets confusing to navigate, so just avoid going into any alleys. I believe they were created after certain buildings were destroyed. Hmm. Roads literally passing through the ruins of towers and such. That's why they don't follow the standard numbering system.
2: Can we have a map?
9: (laughs) There is no map of the Fringe. (gasps) Well, if that's it, may the Archon watch over you, citizens. May the Archon watch over us.
1: May the Archon watch over
9: us.
3: (laughs) In the distance, a few lone figures are keeping to themselves, and the Fringe appears to be lit by a mix of glowing fires and dim light bulbs. A mix of stale burning cinders... Unfamiliar chemicals and smells too horrific to identify assault the team's nostrils, even before they take their first steps outside.
2: I'm not going out first.
4: Horatius takes a step forward into the fringe. McBride
3: steps beyond the door and is immediately struck with a warm wave of ever-fouler odors.
4: Ugh. Why don't they just call it the trash heap? Oh, man, I thought the clothes were bad. Goodness gracious, good reef. Oh, I don't know.
2: This is such a bad idea. This is such a bad idea. This is such a bad idea. And then she takes a step out and has the worst posture (laughs) she's ever had in her life. (laughs) And probably gags because it's going to smell disgusting. They're about to send us out into the fringe. It doesn't get more. (coughs) Seems way, way over my pay grade.
6: It is still a significantly higher pay
2: grade than mine. <laughs> I know how much meal I have, and it's not enough for this.
6: You all
0: get a r- regular income? <laughs>
3: <laughs> McBride spies a main road ahead, which was previously indicated as 183rd.
4: Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I wait for everyone else to step out and kind of get acclimated first.
0: <laughs> oh, you guys were right. Why, it smells almost as bad as sleeping next to McBride's feet. No (laughs) offense, Horatius.
6: Fuck, that smell. I tear a piece of cloth and put it over my nose and mouth so I can breathe.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should all do what Cassius is doing with the cloth. We can say it's a blood skulls thing like a mask. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, Yeah, Horatius immediately covers his face with the cloth.
2: Diana makes the absolute worst face as... The disgusting cloth actually has to touch your face.
0: Sylvanas <laughs> happily succumbs to peer
2: pressure here. But everything here is disgusting, so why not?
6: Let's start by going that way.
2: Sure.
3: As the team reaches the main road, their ears pop as the pressure changes. It feels like they've walked into a physical wall of warm, moist air uh-huh. and pass a few lone scavengers and vendors who are starting to lay out their wares. It seems particularly easy to get lost. And the team continues down the winding streets they believe will lead them toward the Scrapper's Den.
2: Alright, so what street are we currently on? I don't actually understand the map system again. I'm sorry.
4: Well, I tell you what, let's pick a direction and go that way. If we get to 6th Street, we're going the right way. If we get to 4th Street, we're going the wrong way. Then we can turn around.
2: But both of the streets are numbers.
4: Well, sure, but we're trying to get to 7th Street. Right now, we're on 5th Street, so we just want to head till the numbers are 7. Er, till the number is 7.
2: But which which one is supposed to be 7? The first one or the second one?
4: I'm a little confused by the question.
2: Okay, so are we supposed to keep walking east or west until we reach 7th, or east or west until we reach 183rd?
4: Well, we're on 5th Street in a part with no cross-section. Let's find an intersection and figure out where we're going from there.
2: All right, so, yeah, let's just go to a cross section and find out where we are. We should have just asked the people before we left and stepped into this stinking place.
4: Well, you know, us fringers wouldn't ask a people, mate. They really, uh, I'm really bad at this. Let's just find the cross street.
2: Oh, I guess I should be whispering. I'm going to do that
6: now. (laughs) Well, let's start by going this way. All
4: right. I don't see any reason not to.
3: The team walks down to the main road for a block and reaches 181st.
2: All right, so, two and two, that's not too bad. Um, okay, so, uh, does this road not just continue all the way this way? It does. So we can just go in this direction until we reach 183rd? Yep.
4: All right. Or all I right. guess in this direction. That's the wrong way.
2: Yeah, but we don't know yet, because we haven't... Right. Reached. I mean, we have to, let's go over here then. Okay. And see which one that is. Sure. Right. Because that would be either fourth or sixth.
4: That adds to eight.
2: I'm very bad at this. How do I erase them?
4: <laughs> uh-huh. So you, you select the arrow. Arrow. And then you kind of, uh, you can select it and just push delete on your keyboard. I think
2: Sylvanas did it. Oh,
4: sorry. Uh, he did do All it, right. but uh in the future, that is what you can do. All
2: right. So, um, now that we're at 5th and 181st, let's take another left and head down 181st to see if we're going the right direction.
3: Their ears pop as they reach the next intersection. A noticeable shift in the oppressive moisture of the warm, stagnant air.
4: Well,
2: ow! I have a look of disgust on my face, but I'm hiding my face anyways, so I guess nobody could really Ah,
3: uh, oh. what was that?
2: Air pressure. Their regulators don't work very well out here.
6: Pressure has no consistency within the fringe. It's the same with temperature and moisture, among other things.
4: Well, why's that?
6: Their equipment isn't maintained, so it doesn't function properly.
2: For the same reason they might need a meal scientist to help operate the meal manufacturing facilities, they would also require people with an education to run their atmospheric controls, but, I mean, we're in the fringe. Exactly. So, unless they do the same thing and kidnap somebody...
0: Uh, Isn't that why we're here?
2: I don't know who would run them efficiently enough. I mean, they're not dead, so I guess it's working. Then we're not dead. (laughs) Yet.
3: The
4: team reaches 6th Street.
2: Oh, we're going the right way.
4: Well, that's good. Let's keep going one more block.
2: Alright, um, can I observe what's going around us? Like, going on around us, just so we're not, like, walking towards something horrendously bad? Alright, so perception is... Four. Right. Nope! I see nothing! My head is down, my hood is up.
3: <laughs> the signs appear to be too worn to read anything beyond the names of the streets at this intersection. And Diana Azad is focusing all of her effort into reading the street numbers, though the streets
4: seem fairly empty. Horatius is curious about this, too, so I'll uh, see if I can find my perception score. Oh, the irony. Why
2: do I always roll below five?
4: I don't know, but somehow I rolled better than you. Not by much. (laughs) With a
3: poor roll, with a deep-rooted fear of getting lost, Horatius McBride's focus only allows him to spot the sign as well.
0: Oh, I'll take a look. (laughs) (laughs)
3: The investigator investigates. (laughs) Investigator Sylvanus Klarhout scans the area and notices a few scavengers behind the party who are keeping their distance. He also notices a vendor up the road who's slowly organizing his wares. A poor collection of firearms.
0: Those fringers nearby don't seem interested in us at all.
2: Is there anything on the ground, like... It just, it, just, it just trash? What's around?
3: The ground itself is noticeably uneven, pocked by centuries of war and neglect. Burnt scraps of cloth, hair, bone, broken glass, and excrement litter the ground. Potholes, bullet holes, burn marks, stains, and cinders adorn every surface. Hm. The main road appears only sparsely populated with stands for vendors. None of which appear to be active yet, save for the one ahead.
2: When you say ahead, do you mean towards 182nd?
3: Towards 7th.
2: Okay, so we're still going in that direction. And I'm just going to stage hunched over. Not going to approach anybody unless the others choose to.
4: Horatius nods in a sort of surly way, but doesn't actually make to approach. I'm still looking
0: at those scavengers, making sure they don't turn around and mess with the mouth rags. I mean, the blood skull. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the scavengers keep their distance, and though it's fairly easy to get disoriented within the hexagonal roadways, Sylvanus Clairhout spots the sign for 183rd Avenue and 7th Street. After just a short walk, a ruined building stands behind the sign, which Cassius Sogot believes to be the scrapper's den. A ruined two-story tower the length of a full block, structurally similar to atrium buildings, Stands crumbled before them. The closest entrance appears to be guarded by three figures, cowls draped over torn clothes. Their poorly cut hair, piercings, and tattoos are visible even at this distance, and the team can hear occasional words from their conversation. Each notes that their words are spat and grumbled. They do not speak like Atrian's. Well, uh, what do we do now?
0: Diana? Uh... (laughs) This looks like the place. Let me, uh, take a closer look.
2: Are you kidding me? Are you (laughs) kidding me?
0: (laughs) A really, really close look.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Clarehout takes a very close look at the building, and nothing escapes his gaze. He suspects that it must have originally been a full tower that collapsed and was salvaged for decades, until only the shell of the tower's base remained. The three individuals out front are armed with rifles, Clubs and blades, all fashioned from scrap. Additionally, Claire Hout spots two further gunners who occasionally glance out from the second story window. Looks
0: like we've got company up there. Motion towards
2: the windows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to know what a full size tower would have had for substructure depth. Let's try to roll not horribly. Eh?
4: Hey, okay. That's
2: something.
3: <laughs> Azad suspects there could be a maximum of eight basement levels, but believes the true number to be closer to three.
2: All right. So we have three to eight subterranean levels.
3: Assuming they haven't collapsed.
2: Possibly. There you go. All right. So we have, and she's whispering. So we have snipers. Was that what you said?
0: It looks that way up in the windows there. Hmm. And guards on the ground
6: floor.
2: But we're not trying to approach as... enemies, we're just trying to find someone they believe to actually be a member of their team.
4: Yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't have any reason to snipe us out of hand.
2: Unless... What's our most recent info on Hobbs? Like, is he still considered a Sark? Do they... I asked
6: a few questions, and Tongs mentioned that Hobbs was indeed still a Sark and that he'd been undercover for some time. It's only logical he would still be a sark as of the last 32 hours.
2: All right, so should we just ask? Do people do that out here?
6: Yes, they use words to communicate ideas.
4: I mean, I don't know. What do we say? We're looking for Hobbs. What if he doesn't even call himself Hobbs out here? He could have a he could have a fringe name. I think Hobbs is his fringe name. Oh. Oh. Well then, I guess we should just ask. Go right ahead.
2: (laughs) And I do the same, like, head gestures like somebody else do this.
0: Before we launch into the uh, diplomatic relations here, uh, overhearing them talking earlier, it sounds like they speak quite differently. Do we want to set up any parameters for how we're supposed to talk while we're out here?
2: Quietly?
4: I don't know how they talk. I've never heard a Fringer talk in my life.
2: I
0: just overheard those two grumbling and spitting at each other quite a bit. <laughs> Should I spit at them?
2: They spat at each other?
0: Not intentionally, I'm sure.
2: Though I don't know.
6: I highly recommend not spitting at them. Just don't use any big words. How about that?
2: In the broadcasts, they're aggressive in speech? Aggressive? Insulting, primarily?
6: You can be firm, but I wouldn't recommend
2: insulting them if we can help it. Well, I consider anything they say to be insulting.
6: Well, seeing
0: as you seem so calm about it, how about uh, you handle this, Horatius?
4: <laughs> well, if nobody else is going to do it, I guess I'll do it.
2: Nobody wants to.
4: Let me tell you, he definitely has the persuasion score to pull off something like this.
9: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, is that
4: Yeah, I mean, he... I'll do it, but he's not going to be passing any rolls, well, unless he's intimidating. Well, maybe that's a good thing.
3: Claire, how do you have many persuasive abilities.
0: This is your to shine. <laughs> I do have that. You have all of them, in fact. I guess I had better step forward.
3: <laughs> As Clarehout approaches, another sudden pressure change catches him off guard, and clears his sinuses. The air is abruptly cooler but smells strongly of urine. The two guards step forward as a third figure, possibly their commander, gazes up. He is a gaunt man with a short beard and partly shaved head. A tattoo of a severed head with small feet leaves bloody inked footprints across his
7: neck. Hiya! Hoy! What you want? Nocule helps is I
0: were looking for Hobbs. <laughs>
7: Hobbs! <laughs> <Like, Oops. laughs> yeah, he here. No, yeah, he's not. Went dog
0: Do you know where his home is?
7: I can tell you. What did I get?
0: We mean him no harm, I assure you that.
7: How about those
0: bits I can smell them from here. I'd like to step in front of those, if I may. How does a meal sound?
7: A meal, ha! A meal, be great. Yeah, yeah, a meal, work great. Oh, they're great. Let's let us be friends. I'll tell you all about them. Uh, what you want to know? Just his home, you said?
0: Anything you can. And I'd like to hold a meal out. Hops.
7: Old oh, a juicy flat joint. Nice and proper. Legit. The old poke is called. and that, that way. It's got a big dick on the walk. <laughs> Can't miss it.
0: That was the whole poke? Yeah. Do, do you know how to spell that? Oh, never mind. Thank you very much. Enjoy your meal. Yeah. I'll just toss it to him. <laughs> Pirate exchange completed. <laughs> Sloppily.
6: I wonder if he means hole poke or hole poke.
4: That's the same thing.
6: No, I mean, do they poke holes or is the establishment the entirety of the poke? <laughs> and
4: I thought you said you had a low pay grade
2: do you smell sealed medical supplies he must have seen it could have given him in a tin and he would have been happy
3: the team's ears pop again as they leave the urine-scented scrapyard and head for the side road that the scrapper indicated the smell grows less and less offensive and the temperature drops sharply the further they walk in that direction
1: Liberty Vigilance is created and produced by Travis Vengroff with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats, starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Buckley, and Caitlin Stats, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Mike Hall, Richard O. Jones, Chad Ellis, Lonnie Manella, Russell Gold, Sarah Werner, and Dr. William Stats. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn, Stephen Malin, and Brandon Strader. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader, with cover art by Dan Stanick. The original Game Master was Travis Vengroff, with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider joining our Patreon team today, or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes or Podchaser. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions, and Liberty is a trademark of Travis Vengroff. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.